Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Barrow takes the snap. He's set. It's Goosebumps, what a call, Jared and Ben Graham over there calling the Super Bowl live on SEN. Legends were made after Cooper Cup capped off an incredible season by winning Super Bowl MVP and Aaron Donald secured a well-earned championship for the franchise he's been facing for, oh, he's been the face of for years. Jared Waitley is the wizard behind the mic who provided our commentary of the game for SEN and SENZ and he joins us now live from LA and he'd be up and about. I want to get a bit more of an understanding. How was the night, Jared? Is he, Baz? Hello. Uh, yes, it's been a big night in Los Angeles. Oh, I think that's fair to say. Is the stadium's out at Inglewood, which is about 45 minutes from Hollywood. Uh, and once we got mm. back to the, the heart of Hollywood, the, the party was going, and so too it would have been in downtown Los Angeles. And, and the, the declaration of the morning is welcome to the home of champions. They love a winner in L.A. They've had the, the Lakers and the Dodgers for generations, and now the Rams join, uh, join that illustrious company. Mate, what was it like calling it? Like, I've, I've seen a few clips on the social media. You both, you and Ben, were getting right into it, mate. It, was a, it was a, must have been a fantastic game to commentate. It was. It was. Um, it was the whole. Um, the whole experience was quite phenomenal. Uh, a lot of that owes to the stadium, which is a, a five billion dollar mm. stadium that was built on the other side of the old Hollywood Park. And uh, it is right to say that there is no sports stadium in the world like it, uh, and that's evidenced by the the price tag alone. But the the architecture, the so it's a, a sunken stadium. So you actually walk in from street level onto level six. And then the field is down below. There's this extraordinary uh, translucent canopy, which is built over the top, not only of the field, but of the plaza. And um, the technology inside, the, the infinity screen, which hangs from the roof, runs the circumference of the, the playing mm. field. And there's an audio quality to that, 
that doesn't exist anywhere else. So the the pre-match, the national anthem, uh, it was mm. it was just um, it was a, a spine tingling moment, and then the halftime show, which has been called the equal of any that's <laughs> ever been performed at the Super Bowl, it owed so much to the sound, as we've all been to concerts and stadiums, and the sound ripples mm. around and folds back, and you sort of just have to wear what comes, but. Uh, it was phenomenal there. So that and the game that went down to the to the final seconds, you, you can't ask for much more from the biggest annual sporting event of the year. Mm. Oh, Jared, it's Bears here. That was a, a beautiful description of, of the uh, what sounds like a bit of a coliseum in the stadium there. It's wonderful. I could picture it just uh, just listening to you then. Hey, um, mate, talk, talk to us. You, I saw a social media post where you, you took a picture of the stadium and you said, this is my dream job or something like that. That must have yeah, just been yeah. amazing to for you to have been able to be there and, and calling it and, and just being right in amongst the whole thing. It is. It's. Uh, I feel really privileged that it's part of my um, yearly calendar. So I've been to four and called five now. My first experience was wow. in uh, Minnesota where it was minus 25 degrees. And then this Super Bowl, which was the hottest ever, it was 31 degrees there yesterday. So that's the extremes of it. And I've had the good fortune of calling Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. And then yesterday to, to call the Rams winning in their own stadium uh, in, in mm. Los Angeles, which, uh, which does um, boast as the sporting capital of America, and I think sort of quite rightly so. There was a, a perfect fusion yesterday of, of Hollywood glamour with LA sport. So it can feel, the Super Bowl setup can feel a bit garish and almost otherworldly, but it is anchored in the fact that there's a, a high stakes football game to be played. And when you sort of step away from uh, the, the money, I mean, we were talking $10,000 a ticket at one stage, is there are, there are, you walk around the concourse and you would recognize that from any rugby game, from any cricket game, from mm. any Aussie rules game is a dad and a son in their jerseys of their team with their favourite players hoping to experience something special together and that's to see their team win it all. So there's the the extreme part of it and then there's the very tangible part is this is a football game for a a premiership, for a title, for a championship and that's that's how it lives in in the hearts of fans who are there as well. Mate, we were talking before um, about the halftime show and neither of us were quite sure about it, but you mentioned Hollywood Glamour and high-end sport and such a, such a big event. So that halftime show, do, do the artists actually pay themselves to be a part of that show or do you know how that works? So they do it for free uh, and because it is, right. um, it is the premier entertainment slot of the year, so if you have anything to sell if you're offered that slot um typically it's taken because uh, it's it's worth 50 fold whatever you might be paid for it but there's been a it probably works best when it's a tribute so last night was a celebration of west coast rap and it dated back to um i guess this is not my long suit i just want to say that at the start but um it, it sort of <laughs> celebrated all that that has been in los angeles on the west coast of california and it mm. played enormously in the stadium. I still feel like the biggest cheer that the night might have been for Eminem um, and the, the fact that they all sang along. And it is part, when you walk around the streets of LA, is the soundtrack is convertibles, um, hood down, and the, the rap music blaring out. So it, it hit the cultural piece perfectly. 
And in the past, it's been regarded... I think Prince is the standard bearer. He was in Atlanta. Um, Michael Jackson was in LA 29 years ago and last was here. And there was a, a collection of, I think it was Bruno Mars, Beyonce and Coldplay, which had been regarded as the best ensemble. But to listen to the reviews today, certainly here in LA, they absolutely loved it for the way that it was intended to be. And any money that ends up getting made out of it is then donated to charity by the artists themselves. So it's, um, it's an interesting little piece, given that it is, uh, it is the entertainment slot on the calendar. Oh man, it was it was great. I was I was catching up on the social thing. Did you know there was actually a TAB odds for you could pick what Eminem was going to wear on the night? And there was a there was a yeah. there was a slot. There was one with a hoodie, a hat, and hoodie up, and he wore that last night. And I think it was paying like three bucks or two bucks something. You could actually bet what Eminem was going to wear. It was it was a fantastic yeah, thing great to see that you found TAB. that. This, great you found that on I the know. odds as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you can bet on anything these days. Tell us about the game. What about the game, mate? Like, honestly, when, when LA Rams were up 13-3, you'd think it'd be game, game over. Odell, um, Cooper Cup, Stafford just playing it outstanding. But then the Bengals came back and, and made a game of it. Mate, what was your whole take on it? Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. was going to shape the game early on and caught the first <sighs> touchdown pass, yeah. two receptions, more than 50 yards, and it seems like he's done his ACL. So he blew his knee out, changed oh. his direction, and the, the suspicion is that it's uh, an ACL. So he'll be out of football for a long time. So that that reduced the Rams' effectiveness the moment that it happened. Mm. And the start of the second half was just unbelievable. So two plays, the Bengals' 75-yard touchdown reception. Controversial because T. Higgins, yeah. the receiver, did grab the face mask of Jalen Rams. Yeah, straight-up penalty that wasn't called. But that, that puts the Bengals in front. And in the very next play, Matt Stafford, uh, an interception, a, a dropped catch, which pops up in the air. And the Bengals had so much momentum at that stage that you wondered if the Rams would be able to claw their way back. That's when, but, but, without going too far into the tactics of the game, the challenge, the mismatch in the game was always going to be the Rams' defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line. And would... would Cincinnati be able to protect Joe Burrow and the answer was no and that was that was the most foreseeable mismatch and that's how it played out in the second half Burrow ended up getting sacked seven times Aaron Donald who's sort of the heart and soul of the Rams he he imposed himself Von Miller as well who'd been a previous uh, MVP in a Super Bowl for the Broncos um, six years ago they just got to Burrow the whole time so Cincinnati weren't able to put together another drive and then it was up to Matt Stafford, the quarterback, for the Rams with about six minutes to go, to go 79 yards and get the touchdown to put them in front. And it was a tense, it was such a tense drive. It was, it was mm. interesting in the stadium. It had been exciting, it had been exuberant. But then when it got tight, it was just tense. Is would the Rams be able to get what ended up being the last yard to get the touchdown? They did to their, their great receiver in Cooper Cup. So I think you would say that the best players, the star players on the Rams, all imposed themselves mm. when the game was on the line, and that's why they won. Cup, Stafford, Donald, Miller. Uh, and, and then it was up to the Bengals to see if they could get down for a field goal. They've got the, a rookie kicker who's been a complete star throughout the year and become a bit of a cult figure. They had third and one. They had fourth and one. And they, they just couldn't get the yard to get themselves down the field and take it to overtime. And Aaron Donald's had a big say in those last two plays. 
Wow, that's a great summation. Man, it was such a good game. Can you tell us about Cooper Cup? That that last drive, the winning drive. He he yeah. received probably eight of the nine um, receivers yeah, yeah. from from Stafford in that play. How come? How good is he for one? And how come they couldn't stop him? They knew he was going to get the ball. Yeah, yeah. So the, when it all boils down, so this is a highly technical sport, and uh, there's all mm. sorts of ways to drown yourself in analysis. But when the game was on the line, Matt Stafford was going to Cooper Cup every time, and everybody yep. knew it. All the players on the field knew it. All the public in the stands knew it, and everyone watching on television knew it. And that's the purity of sport, is were Stafford and Cup going to be good enough to combine to get that touchdown? And they were going to die trying, and there were penalties everywhere, and and the Bengals were prepared to do everything to stop Cup, including plenty that was illegal, and the referees who hadn't called much throughout the game started to call it. There was a critical third down call, and the ball was knocked away from Cup, but uh, the defender had hold of him. There's no doubt that he had hold of him. It's just, was it marginal? Was it there? And that's been hugely debated here this morning. And then there was a pass interference call, which moved to the one-yard line. And then finally, there was the, the loop throw and just the strength and, and brilliance of Cooper Cup. So he's had a season like no receiver really ever has. They call it the triple crown. Most catches, most yards, most touchdowns. And then he adds to that two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, and he's the MVP. So the plaudits for him are, are broad this morning. Uh, yeah, so he's a he he's been phenomenal. It's something like more than 180 catches by the end of the season, and he's been lauded as as the match winner that he has been. Wow, oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're going to have to let you go in just a minute, Jared, and we appreciate you taking the time and. Appreciate that uh, that you're part of the SEN team over there in uh, well in LA at the moment, but also over in, in Australia, and uh, it's great to be able to chat to you, mate. Uh, you mentioned the words uh, purity of sport. Then, well, well, we, I had a chance last week to speak to Bobby Lashley, the WWE yeah. champion. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I know you're a massive I, I, WWE I it, fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you slightly envious, Jared, or what? <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I don't think I haven't been talking to my producer. Oh, hey, hey, where's that? <laughs> my, uh, it was nearly my favourite part of yesterday, Baz, was The Rock. Uh, Dwayne Johnson oh, was yeah. booked to do the moment before the match, and I said it in our intro. If he didn't start with, finally, the Super Bowl has come back to Los Angeles, and he walked out and he reprised The Rock. He stood there. He stared in the camera. He raised his eyebrow. He go, yes, he's going to do it. That was so great. Um, and he's always been a wonderful showman, and that's why he's uh, Hollywood's biggest star. But to have him as the as the lead into the the feature presentation was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Bobby Lashley was he was amazing because I thought he was going to come on and, and be in character. So I thought he was going to be, you know, he's playing the heel at the moment. So I'm thinking, right, he's going to be real stern and a little bit surly. Came on, he was just the most loveliest man ever. Like, he was so he was so cool and just chilled sitting on his couch. And it sort of threw me a little bit. But just, just before we let you go then, Jared, who's your favorite WWE star of all time? Of all time? Uh, the, the Rock yep. is my favorite character of all time. So I've had probably the two periods in my life I had were the peak of civilization, WrestleMania three, um, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. So probably Randy Macho Man Savage and uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at that stage. And then my second path through it when I was 
Um, I suppose early, maybe late teens, early 20s was The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mankind, Triple H. But yeah, if you if you made yeah. me choose one, I would choose The Rock. And now that Dwayne Johnson's in sort of respectable movies, my my kids all love him as well. And I keep that little secret is <laughs> he's really a wrestler at heart. But you got you can have him as an action star. But I'll always see him as a wrestler. <laughs> mankind, mand- the mandible claw, mankind v the Undertaker in the boiler room. Oh, how good! Ah, <laughs> oh, good man, Jared Whiteley. Like thank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, we could. Oh, very good. Well, thanks heaps for joining us, Jared, and we really appreciate it, mate. Travel safe uh, on your way back yeah, to Australia call. as well, and thanks. Yeah, and really what a wonderful call as well. Awesome. Broadcast and royalty. SEN uh, man over there in Australia and also over in the States there now. Jared Waitley, absolute champion of man, loves his cricket as well, and a big, uh, big wrestling fan, so... Real good get there, Louis. Good get team out the back in the kitchen. Thank you very much. We are going to be back in just a moment. What is it? 8.22 in the morning. We've got plenty more to come, including getting through your texts. You guys have sent us a lot of texts on double eight double three. We'll get to those in just a moment. But for now, it's a big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Now it's time for us to talk to Bob Carter. He's the White Ferns coach. And well, the White Ferns, they forge on today in their lead up to the Cricket World Cup with their second ODI against India in the best of five series. They are 1-0 up in that series on the back of a very, very pleasing century by the veteran and Spark Sport commentator Susie Bates. Bobby Carter is on is on the phone with us now, absolute champion of a man. He's down there in Queenstown. Good morning, Bobby. Uh, good morning, Brendan. How are you? I'm good. I'm joined by Izzy as well. I said that you're going you're gonna to give hey, us some of your best work here this morning. <laughs> How are you getting on down there, Bobby? How's Queenstown? Yeah, lovely, mate. I mean, I'm overlooking overlooking the gondola here. Um, beautiful day. Been out for an early morning walk. Um, you know, you'd have you'd have been used to them in your day. Mm. Yeah, you and I used to go for a couple of early morning gallops, didn't we? Used to sort yeah, of try and yeah. keep keep the yeah. weight off a I've, little bit. But uh, I've got yeah, I've gone Bobby, down for a walk now, mate. Oh, that's okay. You're not getting any younger, Bob. That's that's fine. That's coaching as well, right? Hey, um. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to play some golf today, actually, up at Taraiti. How's your golf game going? Yeah, it took Macca down the other day, you'll be pleased to hear. Um, we played at Kelvin Heights and, um, yeah, oh. took him down four, four and three. He still hasn't spoken to Did me. Did you take any money off it? Mate, we don't play for money. I haven't got that, that amount of money to, to waste oh. if, I, <laughs> if I do. And, um, he hates I, giving I it. <laughs> and also, I even had to pay for the for the food and drink afterwards. Yeah, so... Oh. Um, he he, t- he took a particularly bad losing. Yeah, it's pretty difficult though when you get all you cantabs in together. Like not not many of them are not too many cantabs are that sort of keen to to get their wallet out. Anyway, we digress. Hey, um, how are you getting on down there with the girls, mate? Really pleasing result in the first uh, the first match, and and you must have been delighted yeah. with the way that Susie in particular started. Yeah, I think that um, you know in both games, T twenty and and in the one day, we've scored more runs than what we have been finding. And, um, and as you noted there, um, Susie, um, fantastic um, start to the, to the ODI series with a cracking hundred. And, um, you know, and, and I really think that Susie's been ready to step up and after a, perhaps a little bit of a lean time for her, um, but she works hard. Um, you know, she's, she's one of those people who loves facing balls in the net and then she wants to bat all day 
you know, and the middle, and um, she nearly achieved that the other day. So really pleased that she sort of got us to that level. And then Amy, um, with a great partnership, managed to get us to that 270. We still think we've got a few more in us, and, and but main thing is is that we need the sort of consistency and, and sort of that self-belief moving into the World Cup is, is key for us. Hey, Bob, um, do, do you think the, the time together that you've had over the last couple of tours, particularly with England, you got you know, you got you were able to grow the connections over there, and now you're spending a lot of time in Queenstown, you reckon you're seeing the benefits of, of actually being together, building that camaraderie together and, and building those combinations, those relationships? You, you're seeing the success from that? I think, Izzy, that we've been one thing that, you know, we've, we've played a lot, um, you know, in England under you know, COVID restrictions and, and obviously now here, it's really benefited us as a team. We've actually come together, a, a, you know, a lot more with with that. We've been very fortunate to play as well. You know, we've, we've gone on tours. Um, I mean, the, the only thing is, you know, we've played England, Australia a lot, which, you know, sometimes I think I'd have a word with the fixture secretary, but um, it it is fine because they are, they are the, they've been the leading teams. And if we can get closer and closer leading into this World Cup to them, then, then we have a, you know, I think we have a real chance. Yeah, now, I know your focus will be very much on um, the current series against India, Bobby, but the World Cup is on the horizon and home World Cup and such an amazing opportunity. We, we saw 2015 what, and we saw 1992 as well and then the Women's World Cup, which they won uh, in the early 2000s as well. Just the, the opportunity um, to play in a home World Cup and, and the pressures that come with it. But are the girls, are they talking a lot about it? Are they excited? And, and do you yeah. believe that you're capable of winning it? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, well, whether it's, you know, and you, you guys obviously be around cricket and rugby and, and being able to play in a, in a home World Cup, I think, is, is the biggest thing. And, and mm. I, I know it's almost like trying to some, sometimes trying to tone down those, those excitement levels. Let's get to this first. Let's build us. But, but I, I think that, that it's, it's a real yeah, wonderful thing for us to, to be able to, you know, go into our own. We've got a bit of traveling around, you know, we start in Tauranga, we go down to Dunedin, we come back up to Hamilton, then to Wellington, then to Auckland. So we're the team that travels, which is great. And um, I'm just hoping that we're able to share that with, you know, with, with, with you know, some White Fern supporters as well, um, and, and not just, um, you know, not just through the TV. So we're hoping just to have lots of people um, at our games, if, if it allows. And I know that's a big if, but, um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've, we've been pretty excited. I mean, even here at, um, you know, at Queenstown, um, which is, you know, which is a great venue. They've looked after us. They've they've allowed an area for our families um, to be to be present, and we we had good support the other day, you yes. know, and um, it was it was great, and particularly for Susie, you know, having a having a mum and a and a sister there, I think was a was a special moment. Oh, awesome, Bobby. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to let you go. We've got to get off to the ads and that, but say a big good day and and hello and well wishes to all the girls and. We'll get uh, right in behind you. I know the cricket community will, but also the, the general public here in New Zealand will get right in behind you as you, uh, you attempt to try and win that World Cup. And uh, good luck for the next little while, mate. Look forward to catching up for a beer. Oh, bye for us, eh? <laughs> wow, Jesus. <laughs> Izzy, did you hear that? Oh, yeah, I did, what do you I mean? That's it. not unusual. My ears, mate, are, my ears are hurting. Can we can we put can we put that down so I could get that? And I'll, I'll just I'll play that piece. I'll, I'm going to take that and I'll play it when we meet. Them. <laughs> hey guys, thank you for the opportunity and and your support. And I know Rosemary Rosemary Mayer, who you talked to a little while ago, she was she came off uh, off buzzing away and 
and telling me all about the oh. interviews. So um, I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, awesome. You. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bobby. Cheers, Cheers Bob Carter. My Manchester United are hopeless. They're going terrible. They got knocked out of the FA Cup by Middlesbrough. It's been a dire old time, but I'm a Borham Wood fan anyway, mate. March 4th when they take on Everton. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that one. I can't wait to watch I'm a fan over here, mate. But right now we're going to talk some EPL. I'll pass it over to you, Bezza. Thanks, mate. I'm a fan of Borham Wood as well after uh, our conversation the other day. Anyway, it is time for us to chat a little bit of EPL and the final sprint to the top four is starting to heat up in the English Premier League and it's in classic Spurs fashion. Me being a huge Spurs fan, we find ourselves sitting eighth, delicately placed on the table. There are some positives, however, with a very successful transfer window. The Spurs didn't disappoint with the deadline day plan, which we executed to perfection. Dan Kilpatrick is the chief football correspondent for the Evening Standard, and he's also a Tottenham hopeful. He joins us on the line now to give me some hope and put my mind at ease. Good morning, Dan. No chance. Yeah, morning, no. guys. How you doing? <laughs> Good, Good mate. Dead. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Three straight losses. What, what has to change for us? Come on. Well, I mean, where do you start, really? Uh... First of all, I think they need to get back injured players, right? I mean, it's fallen apart without Oliver Skip and, and Eric Dyer for Spurs, um, which I think in itself says a lot about the quality of the rest of the squad because Dyer hasn't really proven himself as a top-level centre-back and Skip's still 21. So when you're relying on those type of players to, to get your results, it says that the squad is just not good enough. Um, I think there are some questions over Conte as well. I think... You know, he's not been particularly upbeat in the media when he's talking to us. And, you know, that's maybe contributed to a bit of a crisis of confidence. And, and I think he's sticking with a formation that doesn't really suit um, the squad as well. So he's not beyond question, but I don't think he's the problem. I think there's a real problem of, of confidence and, and just quality in the squad that we've known about for a long time. Um, and really, for me, you know, not much has changed. It's been a really bleak week, but... We always knew it wasn't going to be fixed in one transfer window. We always knew that Conte, you know, would need to be backed properly in the summer. And then, you know, we'll see where we are. Hopefully, you know, when he's been given something like what he wants in the summer and he's still kind of at Spurs, you know, that's that's another lingering worry, I suppose. Uh, we're not too far off the pace, though, are we? I know we've had three losses in a row, but when I say we, sorry, Tottenham Hotspurs are not too far off the pace, but three losses in a row. But there's only we're only a few points behind. So with this new, with the transfer window and a couple of new signings, surely it brings just a, a little bit of freshness to to things. We must be able to find a way to just get one more performance and then we'll be back or underway. Surely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you want me to to be upbeat. So I, I will. Um, <laughs> I know you're English, and that's very difficult. You, you, so. Yeah, you, you we haven't even started man, talking about your I'm cricket gonna, team. I'm yet. Be positive. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Um, okay, yeah, everything is great at the moment, um, mainly because of the two games in hand, uh, <laughs> which Spurs might win, and then it will start to look um, really good. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, I mean. I think at the start of this week, there was definitely a, a kind of fresh feel for the squad because, as you said, they had the two new signings from Juve, um, Bentoncourt and, and Kulisevsky come in. And also Romero was back, which Conte said was, was like a new signing and Son was back from his hamstring injury. Oh. oh. See, even the phone lines thought he was, a bit, he was a bit quiet then. He was a bit, a bit down. 
we, we might have lost him. And, and I've, I'm actually, because I think the question I was going to bring was, well, well, Tottenham. You, you all said about Tottenham. What about Man U, mate? Can you, can you just fake <laughs> it till you make it about Man U? And, and there well, he is. He's, he's back, back, so you We've can ask Dan that there. question. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I mean, Man U, yeah, Man U are a mess, I think. Can you fake it? Can you fake it like you were with Tottenham? Well, I think, I think the, the thing about Man U, right, is they've got such a good squad, we're, we're kind of all just waiting for it to, to sort of kick into gear for them. What is it? And What's wrong? What's wrong well, in your eyes? I mean... In my eyes, I think there are big questions about the coach. Um, I mean, there was a lot of kind of good hype and PR when he came in, but you know, he's not done a lot of um, seasons as a top-level manager in the last ten years. You know, I think it's kind of one Bundesliga season or something. Uh, you know, in, in the last few years, so he's not actually that experienced a guy um, at this level. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's problems all the way through the squad, and, and also problems with, seemingly, with the players' attitude and 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 kind of commitment. But you know, I should say I, I cover London teams more closely, so I'm not an expert on United. But watching from afar, it, you know, I'm constantly expecting them to have a, you know, step up a gear and all their star players to to put on a performance, and they just never seem to do it. Okay, quickly before I get you back to Bears, and you can talk about your hot Tottenham. Has the crit Cristiano Ronaldo effect, like, it, that was the biggest sign. Everyone was up and about. They're going to change. Manchester are back, blah, blah, blah. Has that kind of mm. backlash? Has that, has, that, has that done, like, a full 180 and it just hasn't gone to plan in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely starting to feel that way. I mean, I think even mm. when Ronaldo was scoring at the start of the season, the, the, the kind of the feeling was that he was the problem and the solution really you know he wasn't pressing from the front um you know, he just wasn't able to uh play the way that that Solskjaer wanted them to but he was scoring the goals and in, in you know in the last minute or, or whatever just to to make up for that fact um now he's not even scoring anymore you know i think he's not scored this year if, if i'm not wrong um you know and he's still not able to, to do those things that you know perhaps a younger more dynamic player would um, he doesn't seem happy, you know. He's, he's thrown a few kind of hissy fits recently at being subbed, so it does feel like that's going sour a little bit. But but look, I think he's got a two-year contract, so you know he, he he's there for the time being, and they've got to make the best of it. Hey Dan, let's uh, let's a talk about um, the Spurs. Yeah, a little bit of hope for us. He appreciates that. But, um, let's <laughs> talk about the Spurs. And you mentioned the two signs in Bentaker and um, Kulusevski as well. What are they? What do you expect them to bring to the table for, for Spurs? How can they actually improve it in such a short period of time? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting them to just bring, and I think we've already seen this, especially from, from Benton Kerr, just a bit of kind of experience and, and sort of technical quality to the side. I mean, in, in the last three games, uh, he's come on in two, and then he obviously started against Wolves yesterday. Benton Kerr just looks a class above the other players and particularly the other midfield players. You know, he looks technically really good. I mean, people have compared him to, to kind of Berbatov and said he's like having Berber in midfield. You know, he's quite languid. He's got this kind of stylish um, way about him. And, and yeah, he, he's able to kind of resist the press and, and move the ball around quite nicely. So I think he'll just bring a sort of touch of quality. And I think Kulisevsky 
we've already seen he's quite versatile. He's played in a few different positions. He kind of played number 10 against Wolves when he came on after half an hour. He's also played wide already and, and apparently he could play wing back in the midfield as well. So I think he'll just be a sort of trusted player that Conte could call upon um, to play in a few different roles. Um, depending on the system. So, you know, the, the hope is that they, they just raise the overall level of the squad and, and also the players that, that Conte can kind of trust, unlike Dele and Dombele and, and the Celso and the guys they let go on deadline day that he obviously felt um, he couldn't really trust to follow his instructions. Okay, thank you. Dan, I know you're the chief football correspondent for the Evening Standard, but it would be remiss of us not to, to bring up your cricket team, seeing we're... Um, you know, same we can. What is wrong with your test team? You, you know what? I'm I, I'm so not an expert on cricket. I'm, I'm really reluctant to go here. Um, you might yeah, be a good coach then. You could you could apply for the head coach role. Yeah, I mean, I, I could probably get a top job at the ECB based on my um, credentials. But um, I mean, you put it this way: uh, for the first kind of three or four days of the Ashes, I, you know, I was. Um, I was staying up or I was sort of waking up full of optimism and and I quickly realised it was much better just to have a few more hours of of sleep. Um, So I don't know, I'm I'm staying out of it, but, you know, it's it's all kicking off again this week with kind of Stuart Broad and and Jimmy Anderson's admission from the uh, Wendy's tour. And, um, yeah, it it doesn't feel like a very happy place, our our cricket team, um, in any format or any level at the moment. Yeah, well, your one day in your in T20 team, they're probably more like the, the man city of of uh, the Premier League, but your test team, where would they, who would you compare them to in the Premier League? What what sort of what team? United. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. you, I mean, they're, they're not they're not far away from Spurs. I mean, they're they're kind of permanently disappointing. But, you know, they've had good spells. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, full of talent, yeah. full no, of they're, talent, full they're of They're Burnley, mate. Bottom of the table, Burnley. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you. We appreciate you joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Dan. Um, let's hope we can, uh, as Tottenham Hotspur hopefuls, we can find just a little bit of glee. Yeah, good final, luck. Final furlong of, uh, yeah. of the season. But thanks for joining us, mate. Well, uh, fingers crossed, lads. Thanks for having me. Cheers. <laughs> Dan Kil- Kilpatrick, good fella. Chief football correspondent for the Evening Standard and uh, another Tottenham Hotspur tragic. Well, I was, I was hoping for a bit of hope, but there was no hope there. It was just honesty, wasn't nah, it? he's honest. It's a, it's a one-horse race, mate. you got Manchester City at the top by ten, uh, nine points. They're smashing everyone. Closest is Liverpool and Chelsea are next. So, look, it's a two-horse race. Manchester City way out in front. They're just too classy at the moment. And Kears has come through on the text line too. The Champions League starts tomorrow. The knockout stages of the Champions League. So Manchester City, I'm pretty sure they'll be looking. They're up against PCG, PSG. PSG. So, ooh, that's going to be a startling game, you like mate. PSG? In Messi. PSG. Mbappe. Are, yeah, but... But PSG, they're, they're quite polarising, eh? You either like love them or you hate them, I reckon. Like, mm. You're in the love camp. Kez is in the love camp. Uh, oh, he's in the hate camp. Look, I, Ooh. Ooh. They've just, I think they're in the, the hate camp for a lot of people because they've got a lot of money and they've gone out and splashed a, a you know, hell of a lot of money on these big star players, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe, who are like probably the three biggest names in football at the moment. Um, so people, there's just probably a lot of hate and jealousy because they've done that. 
Um, you know, just creating a bit of a... Other teams can't really keep up because they've got lots of money. There's not really any salary caps or anything. I don't really know, but, but they've gone out and just done that. So teams are going to love and hate them. Mm. Bit of jealousy, you know. It's a bit like the Crusaders, you know, mind. the Crusaders. They just get, oh, yeah. you know, when they've got a team full of stars and they no win salary titles, cap. everyone just... Everyone just tries to bring them. Oh, there's a salary cap. It's just floating up in, in, in the metaverse. The salary cap's up in the metaverse. They, they deal in um, yeah, NFTs and Ethereum. Party bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if so you come to the Crusaders, <laughs> yeah, you'll get a $20,000 a year contract, but you'll get 58 party bears and 16 fluffs. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. Excellent. I don't mind PSG because I quite. I reckon their clothing is quite cool too. Actually, yeah. I know that's a weird thing to say. And they're in Paris, bro. Kind of, yeah. Oh, Mecca. Yeah. Paris. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Right. We're going to come back on the other side and talk a little bit of cricket. The uh, Black Caps taking on South Africa. I'm going to head down and commentate those two Test matches down in Christchurch, and of course, it's been raining a lot down there. So I'd expect that the test matches on a lively Hagley Oval surface might be pretty quick. They'll end up in some sort of a result, no doubt, anyway. But get your text flooding through on the text line too. Double eight, double three. You got a question for us about maybe the cricket coming up, maybe about the EPL. If you've something that you want to talk to Izzy about salmon farming as well, send that through. Or give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line, 0800 150 811. Back very soon.